Welcome to the A Catholic Life Podcast. I am Matthew, the author of A Catholic Life, welcoming you to episode 12 of the A Catholic Life Podcast. In today's episode, published for the fourth Sunday after Easter, I'd like to especially dedicate it to St. Michael the Archangel. St. Michael the Archangel is um, actually commemorated twice in the uh, Church's traditional liturgy, once uh, is actually traditionally on May the 8th, and it's one of the forgotten feast days in honor of St. Michael the Archangel. So that will be the first topic of today's episode. The second topic is I'd like to go over some of the upcoming feast days this particular week as we seek to better live out the liturgical life. And one of the uh, ways we can do that is by reading the lives of the saints just a few pages each morning and reflecting on their lives. And one thing we can do in advance is on Sundays, just get an understanding of the different feasts coming up this week so we can appropriately celebrate those individually as well as the family. Some saints especially bring out different customs and traditions, whether they be food ones or other customs that we can do to better observe and live out liturgical life. So those are going to be the the episode's topics for this particular day. But to start, though, I'd like to thank Meaning of Catholic for sponsoring this episode. Meaning of Catholic has just recently launched their new and updated online storefront where they're now offering PDF copies of a number of great works that they publish, including the Definitive Guide to Catholic Fasting and Absence, available in English, Polish, or in Spanish, as well as the Roman Catechism, Explained for the Modern World, and several other excellent books by authors like Timothy Flanders and Kennedy Hall. So please take some time and visit meaningofcatholic.com backslash shop to check them out today and add some of these great works to your online library, especially as we're beginning to enter the summer months. It's important that we as uh, individuals, as well as our children, don't um, neglect spiritual reading and learning this upcoming summer. There's certainly time we all can spend each morning dedicating part of our morning routine to actual meditation, prayer, and spiritual reading. It does not have to be long. It does not have to be tiring. Just a few pages a day can make a big difference in everybody's life. So again, thank you to meaningofcatholic.com backslash shop for sponsoring today's episode. In the first topic for this episode, and the main topic actually, I'd like to go over the upcoming forgotten feast in honor of St. Michael the Archangel. Now, traditionally in the liturgy of the church prior to the year 1960, there were two feasts in honor of St. Michael. Those familiar with the Litany of Saints also recall that his name is mentioned during that litany, and those who attend the traditional Latin Mass will be familiar that there are several references to St. Michael in the course of the liturgy, one of which is at the incensing of the altar during high Masses, and the other one, of course, is the prayer, the short prayer to St. Michael the Archangel, which is part of the Leonine prayers offered after the end of Low Mass, which is often prayed in the vernacular, so you should be very familiar with the name of St. Michael mentioned if you regularly attend the traditional Latin Mass. Mass, which I certainly hope you do. Now, St. Michael the Archangel is also regarded as the special guardian angel of St. Joseph and the guardian angel of each one of the popes, and he is one of the seven great angels who stand before the throne of God. 
In fact, he is called Archangel, not to refer to his position in the hierarchy of angels, which an archangel is the second lowest. It actually denotes that he is one of the great angels. He is an archangel in the sense of over most of the heavenly court. For this reason, St. Thomas and Aquinas and others say he's actually a seraph, one of the seven great angels and one of the highest of all the angels that they could be because of his rank and his role as a seraph. Now, in the 6th century, St. Michael appeared, actually, in southern Italy on a mountain named Gargano. And in this apparition in the 6th century, St. Michael asked that a cave in which he appeared would become a shrine to the one true God in order to make amends for the pagan worship that once occurred there. That sanctuary still stands today on that, on that place in Gargano in modern-day Italy. Now, St. Michael later appeared with a flaming sword on top of the mountain during a storm on the eve of the battle for the Lombards, and the Lombards attributed their victory in battle on that day, which was May 8th in the year 663, to St. Michael. The church then established a feast in honor of the apparition of St. Michael on May the 8th, the anniversary of that battle, and that is why there is a traditional feast, the feast of the apparition of St. Michael the Archangel, which was kept for a very long time on the church's universal calendar for May the 8th. This feast is still kept by priests who offer the pre-1955 liturgy. Now, it's quite unfortunate that a decree was issued on July 26, 1960 that dropped this feast from the universal calendar. So while the feast day is not kept even in the 1962 Missal, priests who offer the 1962 Missal may and arguably should say a votive Mass on May the 8th in honor of St. Michael. And since in the 1962 Missal, May 8th is a feria day, a votive mass can easily be offered, unless, of course, May 8th were to fall on a Sunday or um, another higher-ranking day in the sanctoral cycle, like Ascension Thursday. Neither of those situations happened this particular year. That is my recommendation for any priest listening to today's episode. For the faithful as well, make sure you honor St. Michael in a very special way tomorrow on May the 8th. Um, he is um, one of the greatest saints um, that we can appeal to. He is an angel. We still refer to him and the different angels like St. Gabriel or St. Raphael by the title of saint, even though they are not human beings who then uh, ultimately earn a place in heaven. They are angels. We still invoke him under that title. Now, all this being said, those familiar with the church's liturgy should also realize that there is the Feast of the Dedication of St. Michael, which occurs each year on September 29th, which for the second time in the year, we honor the glorious Archangel St. Michael. Now, um, the first apparition of St. Michael in the Western world was granted to a bishop um, in Apollouia, Three times the archangel appeared nightly, the last time on September 29th, 493. And St. Michael indicated the transformation into a Christian church of a grotto sacred uh, to the people on Mithras. Miraculously, when the bishop and companions arrived, they found that a primitive altar had already been erected and covered with a vermilion altar cloth and surmounted by a cross. 
According to legend, they found the footprint of St. Michael in a rock, and with immense joy, the holy bishop offered the first divine sacrifice there on that altar, and that was September 29th. So that apparitions, actually, to the bishop in Apollonia from the year 493 are why we have the feast of the dedication of St. Michael on September 29th. That is different than the traditional feast of May 8th in honor of the apparition of St. Michael, which, as I mentioned before, took place in modern-day Italy in the year 663 on May the 8th. Two different incidences. In fact, St. Michael has appeared other times. It was at the end of processions that St. Gregory the Great led in Rome during um, a plague epidemic that St. Michael appeared at the end of it. So we, people actually died during the procession. And he's processing through Rome, offering supplications, praying for the mercy of God and the ending of the plague. And it was... The vision of St. Michael actually at the end, uh, he appeared and he sheathed his sword, representing that God had brought about the end of the scourge, and thus the plague ended at that time. So St. Michael is, um, uh, unbeknownst to many people, the able to appear in apparitions. In fact, it's not just the Most Blessed Virgin Mary that appears, or even St. Joseph, who appeared in an apparition, those familiar with Our Lady of Knox in, in Ireland, would be familiar with St. John uh, the Apostle and St. Joseph appeared with her. So it's certainly possible that other saints, including St. Michael, can appear in apparitions. But of course, um, other saints, uh, unlike the Blessed Virgin Mary, and possibly unlike St. John uh, the Apostle or St. Joseph, do not have their bodies in heaven. Um, of course, the Blessed Virgin Mary does have her body after the Assumption. She has her body in heaven, just like our Lord does. And it is piously believed, and this was something John the Twenty-Third mentioned in a, in a sermon, um, I think around the year 1960, that we can believe St. Joseph's body was assumed into heaven, as well as St. Uh, John the Apostle, since St. John the Apostle's uh, body, he's the only apostle without a really a tomb and relics, and we don't exactly know where his body is, so that's reason to, to believe. But these are not dogmatic like the Assumption of Our Lady. All that being said, though, St. Michael is not just one angel amongst many. He is a truly great champion, and we should and can honor him in a very special way this May the 8th. Another thing as we now transition to looking at some of the upcoming feast days of this week is today, May 7th, is actually the Feast of St. Stanislaus, Bishop and Martyr. Another change that people familiar with the Church's liturgy would notice is in uh, the 1962 Missal on Sundays, we are not commemorating these other saints. They're simply pushed aside in honor of the, uh, the rank of the Sunday. But in fact, beforehand, before the changes that occurred under Pius XII, um, there was certainly the opportunity and actually the obligation on many different Sundays, depending on the Sunday's rank, of course, but many of these other saints were still commemorated at the Mass, as well as in the Divine Office and Laud. So the Mass wouldn't be said with all of their propers, but there would be a second collect added for the saint, and there was often a third collect as well. So this is something that even though it is a Sunday, it would be good for us to remember these saints who are occurring in liturgical years so we don't simply forget about them completely this year. The Feast of St. Stanislaus, Bishop and Martyr, one of them. He was a great bishop in Krakow, a martyr for the faith. Uh, I'll have a link in the show notes um, with more information about the upcoming feast days this week so we can read more about St. Stanislaus, whose feast day is actually today. 
May 9th is the traditional feast of St. Gregory Nazianzen. He was born in the year 330 A.D., as a young man, he traveled in pursuit of learning and eventually joined his friend St. Basil the Great as a hermit. He was later ordained as a priest and then the bishop of Constantinople in the year 381. Yet with factions dividing the church, he returned to Nazianzen where he died on January 25th in either 389 or 390. He is regarded as one of the great doctors of the church and he did much with his writings to defend the true faith at a time of great crisis. Now, May 10th is the Feast of St. Antonius, who is a great Dominican, a heroic model for us to imitate, um, not only um, of his learning, but also of how he lived his life. Um, so there's more information in the show notes about St. Antonius, uh, the Dominican. And then May 13th, for instance, is the Feast of St. Robert Bellarmine. Uh, he is one of the most notable Catholics during the Catholic Counter-Reformation. His saintly example and teachings really helped preserve the Church against the heresy of the Protestants at the time. Uh, at the request of Pope Gregory XIII, he taught uh, theology uh, in Rome from 1576 to 1587. He wrote great works, one of which was the most complete work of the day to defend Catholicism against the Protestants. Uh, he served as a spiritual director for the Roman College. He taught Jesuit students and other children uh, while he wrote a, a children's catechism. And shortly thereafter, he wrote a catechism for teachers as well. Both, all of these are written in Latin, uh, but I believe some of them have been translated into English. He was the confessor of St. Aloysius Gonzaga until his death. And then St. Robert worked for the boys' canonization. He did much for the faith, and then we, you can continue reading in the show notes more about his life, but he was also instrumental in helping St. Francis de Sales obtain formal approval of the visitation order, and he was graced with the honor of being named Archbishop of Capua, Italy in, in 1602, and he served in the two conclaves of 1605. He finally died on September 17, 1621, and was proclaimed a doctor of the church on September 17, 1931. His remains in a cardinal's red robe are displayed under a glass in a side altar in the church of St. Ignatius, the chapel of the Roman College, next to the body of his student, St. Aloysius Gonzaga, as he himself have wished. And I've actually been privileged to see and venerate his body in Rome. And it should also be noted that May 13th is the anniversary of the apparition of Our Lady of Fatima. We should do what we can, especially to say the rosary and honor the request of Our Lady of Fatima this May 13th. And to that end, please visit the Fatima Center's website at Fatima.org. I'm privileged to write for them. I support a lot of what they do, a lot of what they stand for to make the message and the teaching and the request of Our Lady of Fatima known in this world, especially in this time of great doctrinal um, crisis, we must do what we can to rediscover the faith, to live it out as a family, to honor Our Lady and Our Lord, praying the rosary, working for the defense of all human life from conception to natural death, protecting the family, standing up for all the dogmas of the Church, especially as we are attacked from both within and without. So may Our Lady of Fatima and all the saints that we honor this week, including St. Michael the Archangel, watch over us and guard us. And may God grant you a most blessed and glorious week. Ad maiorum, Dei Gloriam. Quid olis peccata mori?